In this week's update, Aussie index stuck, but selected lithium stocks are roaring. US sector money flows not telling us anything different, and markets poised to buckle under the weight of central bank actions. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only, and please remember to like and subscribe to the video. All right, let's start with a bit of market perspective. The Fed, whilst going on pause at uh, the last decision point, uh, has clearly signaled that they think there could be another two rate hikes this year, and certainly, um, or almost certainly, no um, no rate cuts. So what does that mean for equities in general? Well, look, I think most stocks are going to struggle because earnings are going to come under pressure. There's no question that many areas of uh, of the world and many areas of certain economies are going to come under uh, recessionary conditions, and and under that scenario. The, uh, we, we're going to end up with a recession in those, uh, those parts of the market. Offsetting that, hopefully, China um, is, uh, is stimulating. They're, um, they're making changes, and that's most likely to be a real positive for the materials sector. There are world-class assets in critical minerals, and they're being handsomely rewarded, and we've seen some fantastic runs in the last uh, few weeks and and few months. But they're the minority. So even in the minerals, uh, the critical minerals sector, you've just got to be careful with the rest because a lot of the share prices are still basically working their way lower. It's it's only a few superstars that are um, you know that are giving the um, that part of the market any buoyancy. So this is a time certainly for being highly selective and being uh, cautious about what you buy and how you buy it. We've seen rate rises now in the UK, Norway, Switzerland, and highly probable in the US. And I think the the action of the last week makes it uh, more than possible that all the combined actions of central banks are finally weighing on on market sentiment, and um, I I just can't tell you where I think the indices might go in the next uh, month or two because it it really is pretty cloudy, and it depends a lot on what um, on what central banks say and do from here. The market is I think shifting back to the reality that future profits are fine. Um, and you know, particularly in the areas of technology with uh, to do with AI, but earnings today do matter, and valuations today do matter. So I think there's going to be a growing realization as as recessionary conditions intensify, that the focus is going to go on to um, either stocks that have got highly predictable and strong earnings growth now and into the future. But also the critical mineral stocks that really do have that X factor, that that do have world class assets, that uh, that others want, and um, you know that's that's the key. Let's look at American stocks. The S and P was down uh, 1.4% across the week. It was the worst week since the uh, regional banking crisis in the U.S. back in March. Um, what? One area of concern, and there, there are multiple areas of concern, but one area is um, that the health of the U.S. commercial real estate market um, with a lot of distressed assets or the number of distressed assets rising very quickly. And that could have a huge destabilizing effect on the bond market. And therefore, that flows into the equities market as well. So 
that's one that um, that certainly could have a, a significantly negative impact on on the U.S. Now the U.S. dollar um, managed to work its way fractionally higher over the week. The ten-year yield slightly down, but it's still hanging around the, the three and three-quarter mark. The VIX is at 13.44, and that's completely inconsistent with the landscape that I've been talking about, with recessionary conditions highly probable in in many parts of the economy. And uh, a VIX at 13 and a half is um, is just not consistent with that. There is too much complacency in the market, and um, often you'll see that that can be a time when um, when things get a bit sticky. The 10-year, two-year spread is still screaming recession at um, climbing a little bit higher now, almost negative 1%. So let's jump in and take a look at um, the US uh, indices. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I made a, a big noise about the move in um, the Russell 2000 for small caps. So let's just wind back and see what that looked like at that time. So that was Friday, two weeks ago. Um, very robust breakout, great volume. Um, and then let's see what's happened over the ensuing time. So a little bit of a rethink. And then off again, so looking very, very strong. You look at those candles, look at those volumes. So all of that looked, you know, really fabulous up until June 7. And then we got a, the start of a bit of a pullback jumping around a little bit, but then in the last week, that was what we saw. And so after two weeks, we've now done a retest of the breakout and pretty strong volume on um, on Friday as well. If this breaks, then that won't be a good look at all for um, for the Russell 2000. And, um, and I wouldn't think it'd be terribly encouraging for the rest of the market either. So I see this level here uh, around 180 on IWM as being a pretty critical line in the sand for what happens to the, the markets in general over the next um, couple of weeks. So keep an eye on that one. Um, the NASDAQ is still pretty buoyant. It's still around the eight-day exponential moving average. Um, uh, oh, sorry, is that the simple? Yeah, that's the simple eight-day simple moving average, beg your pardon. So that's still indicative of an incredibly strong uptrend. We're not even able to get back to the 20-day, which which is um, would normally occur. So whether you could look at this and argue that that the NASDAQ is, is overblown, um, and certainly the performance of the main um, AI stocks, the, the big tech stocks, is certainly propelling that. That is um, that is not something that um, that is universal across the technology sector. So that's um, that's where we stand at the moment. Still incredibly strong on the Nasdaq, um, but of course that can always change. So there's there's one to also keep a close eye on. Um, I would I would think that if we're going to continue this very strong trend. That this 20-day moving average, which at the moment is around 14,600, would um, would want to hold. Turning now to um, to the S&P, um, pretty much down all all but one session um, last week, short and weak. 
but uh, three of the four sessions were to the downside, but not particularly robustly. But again, part of the big tech is um, is holding this part of the market up. Let's look at where the money flows are going, see if there's any change there. NASDAQ versus the S&P, um, no change. Semiconductors versus the S&P, a little bit of a relative sell-off in semiconductors, um, some profit taking on Thursday and Friday. But look, you've got to expect that semiconductors have just had such a great run. But if you look at the medium term, it's still very, very robustly higher. If we look at the relative comparison, um, we'll go to the last quarter. So there we go on the last quarter. Um, XLY, XLK, XLC, the three um, more aggressive sectors of the market, clearly leading over the last quarter. Um, and there's a huge gap down to, um, to the rest. But if we zero in a bit on the last, uh, let's have a look at the last two weeks, you can see the picture has become a bit more fuzzy and we've got consumer staples has risen to uh, to the top of the pile. Healthcare is there as well. Consumer discretionary holding up very well, but that is a heck of a lot about Amazon and Tesla. Um, and then we've got materials and we can see that just in the last fortnight, consumer uh, communication services, um, technology, uh, finance and energy are, uh, are at the bottom of the pile. So that's you know, that's a very different picture just in the last fortnight. So is this indicative that something's changing in the US? I think it's a bit early to say, but certainly worth um, worth watching. Turning now to the Australian market, the Australian dollar uh, just a bit over 66. So it certainly came down last week. Um, our index was down 2.1% across the week, and I suspect we'll probably be under pressure on Monday. So the XJO, as we'll see in a minute, is back into the middle of um, what is now a two-year range. So the, the index has done nothing for two years. And nearly everything was down last week, and even Infotech stocks that had started to respond to what was happening with technology in the States, um, even they, uh, they took a break last week as well. So here's the ASX 200. And if we pan back, this line through here is pretty much the midpoint of the range back to um, to May of 2021. So all we've done is just basically oscillate above and below that particular line. And as you can see, quite a negative week last week, particularly Thursday and Friday with um, with significant falls in that uh, in that particular index. So if you've got a broadly diversified portfolio and you're wondering why you're not making much headway, then um, that chart tells you all you need to know. Gold on a weekly chart, we're back to a key support level around 1913. We got a little bit of a bounce on Friday, but um, this level needs to hold, or certainly this level here around 1875. If 1875 breaks, then it's not looking good for gold at all. On a daily, bit of a bounce on Friday, but um, you've got to say that the weight of sentiment is still to the downside. Now, part of that 
is due to the US dollar. But as we'll see with the US dollar, that hasn't really been hitting in the upwards direction too strongly. So a lot of it is just outright selling in, uh, in gold. And that's, um, that's the long and the short of it. And there's the Aussie dollar, quite a big gap down uh, from uh, Friday of last week. Big gap down on Monday and then another big gap down on Friday. Now, if we look at GDXJ, which is a reasonable barometer for um, sentiment towards global gold stocks, then um, you can see it's been all downhill since um, the middle of April. We've had a little bit of a bounce, a couple of little bounces, but uh, it's lower lows and and uh, and lower highs. So not particularly encouraging for um, for the gold sector at the moment. So just running through that gold down thirty four dollars to nineteen twenty four. And it's really the, the hawkish views of central banks that are doing the damage. You know, this collective weight of more and more central banks still raising rates when the market was starting to expect that they'd take their foot off the pedal, that they'd done their work. But um, inflation is remaining higher than what anyone wants. And um, and so central bankers uh, are in a position where they have to continue with those rate rises. The Australian dollar um, helped the gold price, pushed it back up above 2900 and it was a pretty somber week for local gold stocks uh, as well. So hopefully gold can hang on to those support levels and we can um, look forward to some um, some more positive trading in gold stocks. Other commodities, copper 383, nickel back down again to 963 and really struggling because of um, what's happening with nickel in, uh, in Indonesia. One thing that I have noted in the last week is that um, the the deficit outlook for copper is being rapidly brought forward. If you go back to the start of this year, um, most companies such as BHP and Rio and most um, uh, most commentators were talking about a significant copper deficit in 2025. That deficit is now being uh, rapidly brought forward, and there are some suggestions that the copper market could be in deficit by the end of 2023. Now, it's not really being reflected in the buoyancy of copper stocks, but you'd have to think that um, that we're not too far away from the market um, acknowledging that. So I think weakness in the copper sector, particularly um, there's not a lot to choose from in Australia now. So you've really got to get down into the development stocks. And there are a handful of development stocks that have really got the X factor, the, the factor that makes the market stand up and take notice, whether that be um, some sort of premium for takeover or strategic value or whatever it might be. Um, and I think we're, we're at a, an area on a long term view where you can start to accumulate uh, high quality copper stocks uh, or development stocks with um, with a degree of confidence. Now, crude oil was down to 69.5, plunged all the way down to 67.5, and that really hit the um, hit the energy market hard, particularly in Australia. Woodside was down, I think, about four and a half percent on Friday. Um, it's sorry, it's um, fears of of the global recession and the actions of the central bank that um, that are really um, overriding some of the uh, some of the other factors. But as you would know if you've been watching this video for any length of time. I'm still extremely positive on energy over the longer term. I think it's inevitable that the 
um, massive underinvestment has um, has got to play out with um, with higher oil prices over time. Just checking in on lithium, there was a bit of news out through the week. China has provided a massive um, stimulus for the EV sector, $72 billion of tax breaks over four years. Things like that have to have an impact um, in terms of um, the move towards electric vehicles and, and hence the demand for, for critical minerals. We've also seen the spot lithium carbonate price double in the last two months. So very much uh, a... Um, a bounce back from that overreaction earlier in the year. And the other factor that's now becoming more evident, and particularly with um, with the news out of um, Lake Resources, is that direct lithium extraction, DLE, is not going to be the supply saviour that many expected. A lot of um, a lot of commentators were expecting that these um, these methods using ion exchange or membrane techniques that would directly extract lithium from brines would um, would kick in very quickly and would be the saviour and, and it's just not going to happen within the time span that people thought and and we're talking quite a significant blowout in um, in lake resources out to um, to 2030 for um, full production so that also has to have um, an upward impact on um, on lithium product prices so it's, it all continues to be positive in that sector. There's a spot copper chart, spot nickel chart. You can see took um, took a bit of a beating last week. Wrapping it up, um, it's times like this when markets are nervous, and you're not sure which way they're going to go, and there's so many cross currents of noise out there that that are really confusing the situation. It's important just to do the simple things well. Um, I wouldn't buy anything at the moment that's just had a run and, you know, think um, artificial intelligence and, and uh, many parts of technology. Um, critical, some of the critical minerals performances have been well and truly justified. A couple of them are getting a bit overblown in the short term, but the critical minerals area remains one of the highest probability areas of the market for me. But anything else that's just had a bit of a run, you want to give it a... Um, a big miss at the moment. Um, you don't want to be buying into hype stocks because I think the next couple of months for many parts of the market uh, are going to be challenging. You're going to have to be very careful. As always, um, control what we can control. There's, there's just so much noise out there. Um, and just forget the rest because it, it really is. It's just noise. So just focus on the majority of things that we can control and, um, and don't worry about the rest. Portfolio analyst last week, um, I had a, uh, a catch-up week. Portfolio analyst is a service that operates 48 weeks of the year, but um, but I do get a bit of R&R from time to time, and that was uh, that was the case last week. But we're back in full swing for next week. Anyone that's not taken that um, two-week $1 trial for portfolio analyst, um, I think well, well worth looking at for the education, um, for the perspective on the market, and also for opportunities as well. That's it for this week. More information on the website. My email address is there. I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers.